Section 11 of Birds and Nature, Volume 9, Number 1, January 1901. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Tavarish. The Autobiography of a Bird My name is Dewey, and no bird was ever prouder of his name. I know if Admiral Dewey could see me, he would feel proud of his namesake, as I am said to be an unusually handsome, intelligent bird. I have been laughing in my wings for many months, hearing people say what kind of a bird I am. Some say I am an aureole, some a male, others a female, another a meadowlark, another not a meadowlark, but some kind of lark. One thing they agree upon, that I go on a lark from early morn till dewy eve. I am said to have a little of the blue jay, and points like dozens of birds. When I was about six weeks old, I was quite large and fluffy, but very much of a baby, for I knew nothing about feeding myself. My tail was long, olive on top, yellow underneath, wings black, with cream color on the edges, on the lower feathers just a line on the upper ones quite a little wider, at the top short yellow feathers making lovely little scallops, head and black olive-brown, rump more on the yellow, throat and breast light yellow, with a change of blue under the wings, and belly only tinted. As I grew older, I kept changing, and now at nine months old my breast is light orange, belly light yellow, head and back deeper olive, rump deeper yellow. I broke my tail all off in the fall, and when it came in, the upper feathers were black, with yellow a quarter of an inch at the rump, under ones yellow and black. On my head are almost invisible stripes of black, on my neck pretty broken wavy ones. My eyes are large and bright, my bill everyone says is the handsomest they have ever seen, very long and pointed as a needle. Underneath ivory white, on top black, with a white star at the head. The admiration of all are my legs and claws, as I keep them so clean, and they are beautiful blue, just the shade of malachite. I am seven inches long, and for the last month have been getting black spots over my eyes and on my throat. Now what kind of a bird am I? One June afternoon I thought I was old enough to take a walk by myself, so off I started without asking permission of my father or mother. All went well for a while, and I was having a delightful time seeing many new strange things. Then all at once I began to feel very tired and hungry, and thought I would go home, but which way to go I knew not. I went this way and that, and peeped as loud as ever I could, calling mother, mother, but no answer came. Finally I sat down, tucked my head under my wing, and went to sleep. The next thing I knew, something was coming down over me, and I was held very tight. I screamed, 
pecked and tried my best to get away. Then someone said very gently, Don't be afraid, little birdie, I am not going to harm you, but send you to a lady who loves little birds and will take good care of you. I was dreadfully frightened, but I did not make another peep. We went a long way. Then I heard the little boy say, Charlotte, will you please take this bird to Miss Bascom, for she was so kind to me when I was sick? I changed hands, and off we went. Soon I heard someone calling out, There comes Charlotte with a bird. Then another voice said, I wonder if it is another sparrow. But when she saw me, she exclaimed, What a perfect beauty! Took me in her hand, and I knew at once I had found a good friend and new mother. Bread and milk were ordered. Of course, I did not know what bread and milk were, but I was so hungry I could have swallowed dirt or stones, so there was no trouble about my taking it, and I wished all birds could have such delicious food. I was taken upstairs to my new home, where everything was in pink and green and looked so fresh I thought I was back in the clover field. My new mother, for that is what I mean to call her, took me up to what she called a cage, and said, Trixie and Cervera, I want to introduce you to your new brother. Trixie charmed me at once, for he was like a ray of sunshine in his dress of gold, but when I looked at Cervera, I laughed right out in his face. It was very rude, but I know if any of you had been in my place, you would have done the same thing. Of all the ugly specimens of a bird I had ever seen, he was the very worst. He was Trixie's size, but only had his baby feathers and one tail feather. He was dirt color, had big staring eyes, and such a bill almost as large as his head, which was perfectly flat. He looked so common and ill-bred that I wondered how dainty Trixie ever sat beside him. I was too sleepy to ask any questions and was soon fast asleep on my new mother's finger, then was put into a nice little basket filled with cotton. The next day Trixie was very kind to me, but Cervera was cross and pecked me every time he got a chance. Trixie said, I have tried to be kind to that old Spaniard Cervera, but I do not like him and will not have him snuggle close to me nights, so I fight him until he gets into the swing. If you will sleep in your cage, you may put your wings close to mine, for you are so pretty and clean. When bedtime came, my new mother said I was too large for the basket and I might try sleeping in the cage. So she put me in and made Cervera get up into the swing. Just as Trixie and I were going to sleep, Cervera began swinging with all his might and would reach down, peck us on the head and pull our feathers out. When he was caught, he was taken out and made to sleep in the basket. 
In the morning we were all let out on the floor, and it was amusing to see Cervera mimic everything Trixie did. If Trixie took a drink, Cervera did, and would follow everywhere he went. About that time I saw coming into the room a large striped thing with shining green eyes, and my heart beat so fast I could hardly breathe. Trixie whispered in my ear, You need not be at all afraid. That is only Taffy the cat, and we are the best of friends. Taffy jumped into my new mother's lap, and we three stood on the table and ate bread and milk together. The first time I was left in the room alone, I looked around to see what would be nice to play with. First I went over to the dressing table, carried two large cuff buttons and put them into my drinking cup. Another pair I put on the floor of the cage with two large coral hairpins, two shell pins and some studs. I stuck all the pins on anything I could, pick up and throw them on the floor, turned over a basket which was filled with ribbon and lace, some I left on the floor and with the rest I trimmed the cage. When I heard my new mother coming, I began to tremble. She stood speechless for a moment, then said, You rogue of a bird, how shall I punish you? Then took me in her hand and kissed me, and I knew the future was clear and I could have all the fun I wanted. Trixie had the asthma very bad, and sometimes a little whiskey on some sugar would relieve him. It was funny to see that bad Cervera maneuver to get Trixie off the perch so he could eat the sugar and whiskey. Trixie grew worse instead of better, and one morning my new mother was wakened early by his hard breathing. She took him off from his perch and found his claws ice cold, and he was so weak he could hardly hold on. He lay in her hand a moment, then threw back his pretty head, and all was over. We were all heartbroken and shed many tears, for we were powerless to bring back to life that little bird we loved so dearly. I really felt sorry for that horrid Cervera. He missed Trixie, and for days seemed to be looking for him. One evening he went out the window, and we never saw him again. I am very fond of sweet apples, and generally, whenever I want anything that is downstairs, I go and get it. I love grapes better than any other fruit. When I want one, I hop back and forth on the back parlor table, then on top of a high back chair, and tease until one is given to me. I like best to have my new mother hold a grape in her right hand, while I perch on her left and suck all the rich sweet juice next the skin out first. Then I take the grape over on the table on a paper and knock it until all the seeds come out before I eat it. I like bananas too and go to the fruit dish and open one myself. Every morning I perch on the plate of finger bowl and eat my orange. We usually have our orange in our room, and sometimes I get so impatient, I fly over to the bed, back to the orange, and beg my new mother to get up. I always take a drink out of the finger bowl, and often said to myself, 
What a fine bathtub this would make! When fall came, I began going to bed at five o'clock, and at seven was awakened and taken out to dessert. One night I became tired of waiting and went out into the dining room very quietly, and the first thing I spied was a finger bowl, so thought that was just the time for a bath. In I went. They heard the splashing and looked up to see everything as well as myself soaking wet. Of course they thought it was cunning, but after I did it for three nights, I was told two baths a day were too much for me. I made up my mind if I could not take a bath in the finger bowl at night, I would in the morning, and as I refused to go near my old bathtub, the bowl was given me for my own. There was a bowl of wandering Jew on the dining table, and several times I took a bath in the center. All said I made a beautiful picture, but when they found I was tearing the vine all to pieces, it was not so pretty, and many lectures were given to me, but I heeded them not, and if taken away I would walk, for I can walk as well as hop, all over the table on the ends of my toes and look every way but towards the ball. Then, when no one was looking, grab a piece and take it up on top of a picture. One day I trimmed all of the pictures and there was none left in the bowl, so I had to look up some other mischief. When I go out to dinner, I have my own little tablecloth and plate put on my new mother's. I usually take a little of everything. Chicken and cranberry jelly is very good. Sometimes I do not behave very well, for I go tiptoeing across the table to my grandmother's plate, hop on the edge and see if she has anything I like. When dinner was ready to be served, I went over on the sideboard, made holes in all the butter bowls, then took some mashed potato and boiled onion and put them to cool in a big hole I had made in an apple. Few people know that birds are ever sick at their stomachs. I had been in the habit of eating a little shaved hickory nut that was put in a half shell and kept in a dish on the back parlor table. When I came downstairs, I usually took a taste and it seemed to agree with me. For a chance, I ate a little chestnut and soon began to feel bad, so went off by myself and tried to go to sleep. When my new mother saw me, she said she knew I was not well, for I never acted that way in the daytime. She put me in my cage and sat down beside me. I would close my eyes and open my bill, and she thought I was dying until I opened my bill very wide, and out came the chestnut in a lump a half inch long and a quarter wide. My mother's writing desk is a favorite place of mine. I get into drawers, pigeonholes and ink, pictures and all sort of small things I throw on the floor. Once I stole ever so many dimes and pennies. I can lift a silver dollar and often carry a coffee spoon all about the room, so you see I have a very strong bill. If anything is lost, all say Dewey must have taken it. 
One day my new mother looked until she was tired for her thimble. When she asked me for it, I pretended I did not hear, but as she was going into the dining room, I dropped it down on her head from the top of the portiere. I often perch on a basket on top of the bookcase in the writing room. When I saw a new white veil beside me, I went to work and made ten of the prettiest eyelet holes you can imagine. Right in front. Some were round and some star-shaped. As I grew older, I said, I will not sleep in my cage. For a few nights, I insisted upon sleeping on the brass rod at the head of the bed, then changed to the top of the curtain. I have a piece of soft flannel over some cotton put on the ledge and on the wall, so I will not take cold. If it is very cold, I get behind the frill of the curtain so no one can see me. If warm, I turn around so my tail hangs over the outside. When my new mother comes in, I open my eyes, make a bow, and if not too sleepy, come down and sit on her hand. I never chirp or peep, and when I hide and hear, Dewey, Dewey, I do not answer but fly down on my new mother's head, shoulder, or hand. Taffy gets so angry at me. I know he often feels like killing me. I wake up early mornings and take my exercise by flying back and forth from a picture on one side of the room to the head of the bed. When Taffy is on the foot of the bed, I fly very low, almost touching him with my wings, and say, You lazy cat, why don't you wake up and hear the little birds sing to God Almighty? Why don't you wake up? I soon hear words that are not used in polite society, and next see the end of his tail disappearing around the corner of the door. Before I go to sleep at night, I exercise again. One afternoon, Taffy was trying to take a nap in a chair in the back parlor. I kept flying over him, making a whizzing sound with my wings. When he could endure it no longer, he went into the writing room and sat down by his mother. I went in to take a luncheon on the table. Taffy stood up on his hind legs, reached out a velvet paw and gave me such a slap I fell upon the floor. I was not hurt in the least, flew up on a picture and shook with laughter at the punishment and scalding Mr. Taffy was getting. He said very naughty words, scratched and bit, but he was conquered at last and has behaved like a gentleman ever since. The first time I saw the snow, I was wild with delight, flew to the window and tried to catch the pretty white flakes. But when I heard the sleigh bells, they struck terror in my heart, for I thought the whole army of cats was coming, as all I knew about bells are taffies. Not long ago my new mother was very ill and had to send for a strange physician who knew nothing about me. When I heard him coming upstairs, I hid behind the curtain and watched him fix a white powder in a paper. When he laid it on the table, I swooped down, grabbed it, and took it into my cage. After that I was kept busy as my grandmother was ill for many weeks. 
I would carry off all the sleeping powders. One day I put them behind the bed, for I thought they would not taste so badly and do just as much good. It did not take more than a minute to get down there when I heard the doctor come in. For I had to see that the medicine was mixed all right. It was great fun peering into the tiny bottles in his case. I would stand on the ends of my toes and crane my neck to watch him drop the medicine into the tumblers. The other day some Christmas roses were brought in. They looked so tempting. I took several bites and the next day took some more. I felt a little queer and kept opening my bill. My new mother thought I had something in my throat and gave me some water. The next afternoon she found me on the floor panting, took me to an open window, gave me wine, and the attack seemed to pass. We went up to our room, and apparently I was as well as ever when she went down to dinner. After she had gone, another attack came on, and I am too weak to write any more, and can only warn little birds never to taste of a Christmas rose, as they are said to be deadly poison. When I went to my room late in the evening, no little birdie peeped over the curtain to greet me. I looked on the floor, and there lay my darling Dewey, stiff and cold. Caroline Crowninshield Bascom End of section 11